Well, I took a stroll down the old long walk on the day I met a little girl and stopped to talk on a fine soft day. I ask you, friend, what's a fellow to do? Cause the hell's black and her eyes are blue. And if you're right then, I'll be taking the world round the stars hill. Plaza Direct King's Court starts now. morning st louis and all points northeast south and west we welcome you in kevin slayton with you in the monster energy drink stl-cars.com window world king's court on kevin slayton show.com now this is where you come every morning to get the unvarnished truth backed by facts and evidence you know get more of that this morning and then of course you can hear the podcast if you miss the live show it's on this website 
KevinSlaytonShow.com. It's on Apple, Amazon, Google, Spotify, Anchor, and any place you listen to podcasts. And then don't forget our sports show, our Window World, uh, STLDeskCars.com, Monster Energy Drink Sports Show is on 590 and 590 The Fan. Excuse me, 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com at noon central time every day, Monday through Friday, noon to 2. And we'll be there again today. We want to thank everybody for coming out to Friendly's Bar and Grill in South County yesterday for our live show there. We had a blast. Denny and the gang, the staff, was wonderful to us. The great people that came out, we thank them. Can't do it without you. We always are aware of that, always. Our phone lines are open this morning, 636-348-4460. I'd be interested in hearing your take on these so-called debates last night. 636-348-4460. We'll, we'll probably go a little bit short this morning because of the debate. There was no news, really, other than that. But there was some, and we're going to, of course, cover that for you. Unfortunately, that clown show that was on national television last night. It doesn't help the Republicans, but it certainly helps Donald Trump. It makes the Republicans look like a bunch of bickering, bantering fools, but it really helps President Trump. As if he needed any help, he really doesn't. But let me kick the show off by telling you just how ungodly, corrupt the judiciary is in this country, especially when it's appointed by Democrats or when they run as Democrats for judicial office. As they did in New York, the judge who's ruled against Trump in the civil case there, that judge claimed evidence of President Trump's fraudulent overstating of values of his properties includes Mar-a-Lago. Now, what this judge knows about valuating properties clearly is nothing, but he claimed that President Trump overstated the price of Mar-a-Lago which the judge claims is worth only $18 million. Trump claims, of course, it was worth much more. Now, he put over $100 million into it after he bought it. It's also what they, in real estate term, a legacy property. So if you buy a property and you put over $100 million into it, how is it worth $18 million? Of course it's not. But my guess is it is it is worth as much as Trump says it is if he put $100 million into it. And, and listen to what else is going on there. You have a 4,000-square-foot house uh, in West Palm Beach. That's This is where this is located. That's going to go for five or $6 million just by itself. But Mar-a-Lago has 126 rooms, 62,500 square feet, with both sides of it on the ocean. So we're talking about a really huge house, beachfront property on both sides of it. <laughs> I mean, it's got tennis courts, pools, golf course. I mean, oh, I mean, a beach club, a croquet court, a spa, 17 acres of waterfront real estate. And this judge says it goes for $18 million. I'm telling you, if Trump ever got a fair trial, it would be stunning. And let's just add on to that. His defense team in the case on the January 6th issues in front of Judge Tanya Chutkan, who's a Jamaican-born appointee of Obama, refuses to recuse herself after President Trump's lawyers had filed a motion for recusal. Now, why did they file motions for recusal? Because while she presided over the trials of January 6th defendants, she made statements that were disqualifying and would taint the proceedings against Trump. And she did, by the way. She claims, in her own opinion of herself, that's a beauty, isn't it? Only in the legal profession can you do this. Can a judge write an opinion on a legal case involving themselves? Her statements do not manifest a deep-seated prejudice that would make her fair judgment impossible. Really? She says her statements fall short of manifesting clear and convincing evidence that the court has conducted itself in a manner supporting disqualification. Really? Well, here's what she did, and these are the things that she said in those January 6th defendant cases. October 
2022, sentencing of convicted capital writer Christine Priola. The Trump team accused the judge of implying that President Trump should be behind bars for his actions on the day of the protest. She said this, the people who mobbed the Capitol were there, there, were there in fealty, in loyalty to one man, not to the Constitution, of which most of the people who come before me seem woefully ignorant. God, she's arrogant. Not to the ideals of this country and not to the principles of democracy. It's a blind loyalty to one person who, by the way, remains free to this day. <laughs> so she's clearly pointing out that she believes Donald Trump should be behind bars. The defense team also pointed to a statement she made during a hearing for Robert Palmer, who was involved in a scuffle with the police, where she referred to Trump clearly. She says, it's true, Mr. Palmer. You've made a very good point, one that has been made before, that the people and persons who exhorted you and encouraged you and rallied you to go and take action and to fight have not been charged. This judge now actually claims that the court expressly declined to state who, if anyone, it thought should still face charges. Oh, I think we can all figure it out. We're not stupid. What I get a kick out of with liberals is they believe everybody's stupid, that everybody believes their nonsensical bullshit and their abject lies. She says it's the defense, not the court, who assumed that the defendant belongs in that undefined group. Uh-huh. Gotcha. Well, that'll be appealed. And if they ever find a fair court to appeal it to, her, her opinion will be overturned. She, sh- she should be disbarred for that opinion. She's a blatant liar. She's actually trying to convince people that she wasn't talking about Donald Trump. She's a flat-out liar, but she's an Obama appointee. Why wouldn't she be a liar? If she ever told the truth, it would be stunning, and she should be disbarred. She is criminally incapable of conducting a fair trial. And that's all anybody should expect from a judge. But we should all expect that. And she's incapable. She is so politically tainted, so politically ingrained in Obama's culture that it's scary. And that's what these liberals are. They are scary creatures of humanity. And she is exactly that. I'm reading Bill O'Reilly's book on killing the SS. And when you read the descriptions of these SS soldiers who couldn't care less about the people they killed, it rings true of this judge and all of these liberals involved in these things. They don't care whose lives they destroy or kill. They couldn't care less. It's hard to find animals like that in humanity, but you can find them on the liberal side of things. You can find them every day because that's where they live. They are simple descendants of Nazis. She is a Nazi descendant. Maybe not by blood. The bloodline perhaps is not Nazi, but her ideology is. Her beliefs are. And she couldn't care less. They lie as simply as they get a drink of water. This government has been so corrupt for so long, it's hard for us to realize we're just waking up to it. All you have to do is read any historical books like the ones by O'Reilly on that killing series, and you'll find out. I'm sure most historians out there, or or those who follow history at all, know how much the United States government helped the Nazis and the Nazis, the Nazi war criminals to escape after the war. The Red Cross, the Catholic Church, the United States government, all guilty, all guilty of helping many Nazi war criminals escape the Nazi hunters from Israel and go down to Argentina, where they lived long lives until they were caught by some Nazi hunters. Thank God for the Mossad and the Israeli government that actually tracked them down. We sure as hell didn't help. But we did help the Nazis. We're good at that. Because we thought we could use them for something, for some information. This is a frightening government. It has been for almost all of its history, but certainly since World War II. We might have had four-year pockets there where we were good and decent when Eisenhower was in, maybe. Certainly when Trump was in. When Reagan was in for eight years. I don't trust the Bush clan whatsoever, so I'm lumping them in with the liberals. 
But that's what this judge actually wrote. And the other one claiming that Mar-a-Lago is worth $18 million when it has all of those amenities that I just pointed out and the fact that Trump put $100 million into it after he bought it. <laughs> I mean, this, is be- this has become a joke. The legal system, the judiciary in this country is a national laughingstock. If you think you want justice, don't go to anywhere near a courtroom. Don't go anywhere near a judge in this country. They are hopelessly corrupt. Not all of them, of course. But those on the liberal side, those who are involved in hearing any of these cases, every one of them is abjectly corrupt. You wouldn't want them to be elected dog catcher. And all of these judicial elections are nonsense anyway. You don't want them appointed because then they become a political appointment. But you can't have them elected because the people don't pay attention. Oh, judge, okay, check the one that's already in there. That's what people do. They claim they don't, but they do. Clearly they do. I don't know of any judge who's ever been booted out of office unless they caught him with their hands in the cookie jar. So that's what Trump is up against, just so you understand. Meanwhile, he dominates the Republican primaries. He dominates the Republican debates. He is the focus of everybody's attention. And he was last night. If you could stomach your way through any of it, I couldn't. I had to turn it off. But, of course, I went back later and reviewed it all so that I would know what I was talking about. And it was what I thought it was. It was an embarrassment. It was a cluster bomb of clowns. Here it is, if you missed it. Here's what you missed with regard to the debate for the Republican candidates, quote-unquote, last night. Gentlemen, you'll have your turn. One of the challenges so is that we have a focus on the issues that matter. We know it is this in China. Everybody knows that. If I may, if I may address. Focus on holding. Get it. You hung them on your, your, your curtains. Are, they were there before I even showed up at the residence. You here's, are here's scrapping. A, you are scrapping. I'm not scrapping. You know I'm going to That was the Republican debate. Shouting over each other. You know, people joke about my sports show when I will say with a caller who continually talks over me, turn him down, turn him down. It's always been a running joke on our sports show. But the reason we turn someone down is because the audience cannot hear two people talk at once. I respectfully allow a caller to make their points. If they ask a question, then when I'm answering it, if they interrupt, I will turn them down. That's what they should have done last night. They should have had someone on each microphone, and when someone began to interrupt someone, they should have turned that person down. Otherwise, you ended up with what you just heard. That was a national embarrassment. The Republicans are trying to make headway, and they have every opportunity to do so. The liberals, of course, as always, have gone way too far in their corruption, in their control, in their mind control of people in this country, of their overthrow of the government, their overthrow of our culture, and yet the Republicans are so inept, so incompetent, and so pathetic that they can't walk right through the wide open door. They are embarrassing. Thank God for President Trump. You want one of those clowns as your president? Wow. And of course, there was all kinds of mentions of Trump's, of Trump, excuse me, one Trump. But even DeSantis noted afterwards the bickering. Look, there was a lot of bickering on the stage. And, you know, my thing is, is like, look, we owe it to the American people to give our vision about how we're going to reverse this country's decline. And I think I was able to do that. I think some of the crosstalk. If I was at home watching that, I would turn the channel when I saw that. So we were able to, I think, rise above that and deliver our message. Okay, you were able to rise above. Well, I heard you in there bickering. (laughs) You didn't rise above anything. DeSantis is all of a sudden sounding arrogant to me. Very arrogant. It's amazing, isn't it? So we sit here and watch what the judges are doing to Trump. We listen to this bickering, these these clowns, these morons that are on there last night, half of them who shouldn't even be there, more than half of them, 
Truthfully, the only one who should be there is DeSantis. Nobody else has even 20%. Well, he doesn't anymore either. I forgot. He's way down. So if you're not in double digits, you shouldn't even be on there. Richard Gere said it best about the court system. Our director of research sent me, if you want justice, go to a whorehouse. If you want to get effed, go to court. (laughs) Is there anything more true than that? I don't think so. I don't think so. Mostly what you heard last night was that screaming, almost cackling sound of Nikki Haley. And that's a yikes. That's a big time yikes. All she did was scream and yell and yell and scream. Look, she wants to be president of Ukraine. She ought to run for the Ukrainian presidency and and get rid of Zelensky. He's corrupt. Maybe she could do something with Ukraine. All she wants to do is keep funneling money to Ukraine. That's her entire foreign policy. Because she says, a win for Russia is a win for China. She's such a dope. And then she and Tim Scott were arguing over curtains in the governor's mansion. (laughs) Tim Scott, God love him, seems like a nice guy, but doesn't seem like a very bright guy. I kind of rank him on the intelligence level of Chris Christie. Chris Christie's just a dope. Mike Pence is a dope. I'll tell you who's smart is that North Dakota governor, Doug Burgum. Of course, he only got eight minutes to talk last night. They they embarrassingly avoided him, and we'll get into that a little bit later on, and you'll hear from him. But he's a businessman. He's actually run businesses. Now, other than Ramaswamy, none of those other clowns up there last night have. Mike Pence is the most aggravating, almost of them all. How can you be more despicable than Chris Christie? Well, Mike Pence succeeded. And when he did say something that was worth hearing, it was bragging about Donald Trump. He keeps bragging about the Trump years as if they were his. You didn't do anything except foul up the COVID deal and hire Fauci. That's what Mike Pence is known for. Nothing else. I don't know what he did as governor of Indiana, and frankly, I don't care. That was light years ago. He mentions it as though it was yesterday. And of course, Chris Christie is there only because he hates Donald Trump. He's not running for president. He's running to try to hurt Donald Trump because Donald Trump didn't bring him into his cabinet. It's all documented. And yet the the Fox media, which is in love with Christie because they hate Trump, continually wants to give Chris Christie airtime. Whatever happened equal time? Why didn't Fox televise President Trump's speech last night to the United Auto Workers? He spoke before the debate. No, they were too busy promoting their debate. This thing has become nothing more than a TV extravaganza. It's like they have a pregame show. Every one of the Fox shows from at least 5 o'clock on, Midwestern time, were devoted to predicting what should be talked about, what kinds of questions might be coming. Well, you have the moderators on your own network. Why didn't you know what the questions were going to be? But it's so embarrassing, they treat it like it's a, a Super Bowl Sunday. But that's Fox's style. Fox really has very little content. But they love the bells and the whistles, and they love all the jazz. And the actual questions were morbidly stupid. The very first one out of the mouth of Stuart Varney, who I used to respect, is asking Tim Scott if, like President Reagan, if they invoke President Reagan one more time, I was going to vomit last night since the debate was at the Reagan Library. But like President Reagan, who fired the air traffic controllers when they went on strike, would you fire the auto workers? That was the actual question. And good for Tim Scott He was smart enough to know the law. As he said, presidents can't fire private employees, you stupid-ass Stuart Varney. He acted as though the auto workers had some similarity to the air traffic controllers. The air traffic controllers are government employees. The air traffic controllers are involved in an industry that is government-regulated. The United Auto Workers are no such entity. But that was the dumbass first question out of the box. 
shot down by a prepared, obviously, Tim Scott. He didn't sound very intelligent on most of the rest of the night, but that one he was ready. But, of course, it was simple. As soon as Stuart Varney asked it, I said to myself, he didn't really ask that. The president has no authority to fire private workers. What the hell's wrong with this question? What the hell's wrong with Stuart Varney? Who gave him that question? Whose suggestion was it to ask that question? That's how they came out of the box. These things have descended into a farce. I know Robert Kennedy wants to debate Biden, and it would be good comedy because he would kill him. But these things aren't debates anymore. As you saw last night, there are a bunch of egomaniacs screaming and yelling at each other. If you only had two people, it might be worthwhile. But I'll never watch another one. I'll always just simply get the highlights and go through it and see what I want and see what's important, if anything, and pretty much nothing was. Unless you consider Chris Christie accusing Donald Trump of hiding at his golf clubs. And Donald Trump hides behind the walls of his golf clubs and won't show up here to answer questions like all the rest of us are up here to answer. Actually, he was hiding nowhere. He was in Michigan visiting the United Auto Workers with the most important strike going on right now in the country. Where were you, fatso? Oh, you were at a debate setting taking pot shots at the president because, like the coward you are, he wasn't there. You would never say these things to his face. You've had ample opportunity. All you did was suck up to Trump. That's all you ever did. Here's where the president was, hardly fitting the description of hiding behind the walls of his golf club. Every time Joe Biden and the UAW's political leadership talk about a fair transition to all electric cars, American labor will be under siege. It's not going to work for you. It can't work. So if you want to save your livelihoods and your way of life, then you need to send a message and join the ultimate strike against the globalist class by casting your vote for a gentleman known as Donald J. Trump. He was with the United Auto Workers last night. And it's because of him that Biden showed up the day before. If Trump wasn't going, Biden never would have gone. So Christie falls flat. Well, he can't fall flat. I mean, he falls down on his belly and rolls around because he can't fall flat. And all Pence can do is cite Trump accomplishments and then claim credit for them. We brought 12,000 factories back to America during our administration. I know something about manufacturing. We ought to repeal the Green New Deal, get rid of the mandates and subsidies that are driving American gasoline automotive manufacturing into the graveyard. We brought manufacturing jobs back to America. Our administration? You had nothing, let me repeat it, nothing to do with it. Nothing. The most inconsequential job in Washington isn't a congressional page. It's vice president. You're responsible for nothing. On the rare occasion a president delegates authority to a vice president to get something done, Mike Pence turned up with Anthony Fauci and Dr. Burks. That's Mike Pence's contribution to the four years of the Trump administration. But now he wants to brag about the accomplishments and then take credit for them. Our administration, we brought manufacturing jobs. You didn't do anything. And later on, he was bragging about Trump again, but trying to take credit yet again. It actually said uh, that we could make America great again. Then a couple decades later, another man came down an escalator, made the very same promise. And Donald Trump and I governed as conservatives on the very same record of a strong America at home and uh, strong leadership in the world. Limited federal government, pro-growth, the right to life, traditional values. Donald Trump and I governed and I, again, Let me understate it for you, because you can't possibly overstate it. You did nothing. Donald Trump and I governed. Well, if all of these great accomplishments of Donald Trump's administration are something that you're bragging about, why are you running against him? He was quoting Ronald Reagan on the Make America Great Again that Reagan had actually said at one point, we've got to make America great again. 
And then he said, and then a man two decades later came down those escalator steps and said the same thing. And he and I, no, no, not you and him. He, he had success, not you. And then Pence, of course, retreats into his doublespeak, polished political hack status of talking but saying absolutely nothing. See if he gives you any specifics as to what he would do as president in this long piece of nothing. I promise you that we're going to continue to build bridges to every community in this country. And I'm incredibly proud of that tax cut and tax reform bill. I worked on Capitol Hill to help get that bill passed into law, the largest tax cut in American history. We saw literally the lowest unemployment ever recorded for Hispanic Americans, the lowest unemployment ever recorded for African Americans, 50-year low for women. So I think the President of the United States needs to be a champion for the American dream for every American. It begins with the unborn and the aging and the infirm. And it begins with every ethnic group in this country. And I promise you, if I'm President of the United States, I'll be a champion. I'll be a champion for the American dream for Hispanic Americans and for every American. So help me God. So help me God. Mr. Christian hiding again behind his fake Christianity. He'll be a champion for every ethnic group. What does that mean? What is it? What are you going to do? He never says what he's going to do. Of course, he cites accomplishments again of President Trump. He worked on the tax credit. Mike Pence is taking credit now for the largest tax credit in history that Donald Trump forged through Congress. Mike Pence worked at it. We got the lowest unemployment rates for blacks and Hispanics in history. We, again for the third time, you did nothing. And when he says, as president, I'll build bridges to all communities, what does that mean? The answer is nothing. That's political hackery 101. It means nothing. And Pence wants to take credit for the lowest energy. As uh, we became energy independent, it's all because of Mike Pence. We achieved... uh energy independence. We became a net exporter of energy for the first time in 75 years. But on day one, Joe Biden declared a war on energy. Yeah, he did, but you didn't have anything to do with us becoming energy independent. Guess who did? The guy you're talking poorly about, Donald Trump. He did it. You didn't do it. I've never seen a guy like Pence. He's such a fraud. But he is taking credit for everything Donald Trump does and did and then criticizes him. The arrogance of Mike Pence drips off of him. He acts as though he's a Winston Churchill-like statesman. Dude, the only reason anybody even knows your name is Donald Trump. Nobody would even know who you are. And I mean nobody. And then later he made a lame joke about sleeping with, uh, uh, Christie had said, how do you expect when the president is sleeping with a member of the teachers union, if there's any reality to the teaching situation? Of course, referring to Dr. Jill. And Pence thought he was funny when he said, well, I, uh, <laughs> uh, my wife's not a member of the teaching union, but I've been sleeping with a teacher for 38 years. I, have, I must confess, and uh, for full, ex- full disclosure, that's really funny. When these clowns try to be funny, it's laughable. There's only one guy running for president who is funny, and that's Trump. And usually he's funny making a monkey out of these people, these idiots. Although Nikki Haley doesn't need any help. She just sits there and screams. You know, I used to like Nikki Haley. thought she had good ideas. My God, she has really gone off the deep end. Not only that, she's a nutcase. I think she's unstable. Dana Perino had one bright moment. She pressed Pence on Obamacare. And follow closely now. This is a little bit lengthier because I wanted to air it all out. Pence never answers the question. Though arrogantly in the middle of it, he says, thanks for reminding me because I want to answer it. And then he goes on and doesn't answer it again. Last month, Vice President. 
President Pence, you said if elected, you would repeal all Obamacare mandates. However, you also made that same promise in 2016. And at that time, Trump Pence had congressional majorities for at least the first two years, and you did not deliver on that promise. So Obamacare, right now, it is more popular than ever. Why should Americans trust you, if you become president, to fix that, or is Obamacare here to stay? Well, first, let me speak to the mass shootings issue, and then I'll answer that question. It's an important one, Dana. <laughs> well, it's important, Dana. Thank I'm you, someone Mike. that believes that justice delayed is justice denied. And as a father of three, as a grandfather of three beautiful little girls, I'm, I am sick and tired of these mass shootings happening in the United States of America. And if I'm president of the United States, I'm going to go to the Congress of the United States, and we're going to pass a federal expedited death penalty for anyone involved in a mass shooting so that they will meet their fate in months, not years. It is unconscionable that the, the, uh, the Parkland shooter, Ron, is actually going to spend the rest of his life behind bars in Florida. That's not justice. We have to mete out justice and send a message to these would-be killers that you are not going to live out your days behind bars. You're going to meet that. justice in this system. But does that mean Obamacare is here to stay? <laughs> well, thank you for reiterating the question because I'd love to answer it. Look. I, I think seconds. it's one of the choice. I think it's one of the choices Except here. You know, my former running mate, Donald Trump, actually has a plan to start to consolidate more power in Washington D.C. Consolidate more power in the executive branch. If I'm president of the United States, it's my intention to make the federal government smaller by returning to the states those resources and programs that are rightfully theirs under the Tenth Amendment of the Constitution. That means all Obamacare funding, okay. all housing funding, all HHS funding, all of it goes back to the states. We'll shut down the Federal Department of Education will allow states to right. innovate. We're going to revive federalism in America, and states are going to help bring sure America back. Go ahead. So he never answered it. What an arrogant, pompous ass. And then when he says, my former running mate, Donald Trump was not your running mate. You were his running mate. He was at the top of the ticket, not you. You were subversive or submissive to him. This guy is so arrogant. Just the way he talks, he makes you feel like I'm smarter than you. And don't you doubt it, because I can I have double talk that you've never heard before. None of it means anything, but I'm gonna make it sound like I'm a big big tough guy. Yeah, my former running mate has a plan to consolidate power in the executive branch. What plan is he referring to? I've never heard of any such plan coming out of Donald Trump's mouth. Never. I have no idea what Pence is talking about. Do you? I've never heard it. So he's not just arrogant. He's also, altogether class, a liar. <laughs> yes, a liar. It's, it's bizarre stuff, isn't it? Certainly was to me. But that's Pence. Everything out of his mouth is BS. And DeSantis, I, I, I don't quite understand the criticism of President Trump's position on abortion. He gave it the other night in a in an interview, which I thought was very interesting, that there that you're never gonna get everything you want on this. But it's back to the states, and if you can agree on a certain amount of weeks or the exceptions where the mother has been raped or the mother's health is at stake. Those are the things Trump talked about, which all made common sense. But DeSantis was ripping Trump over his stand on abortion. I'm not sure DeSantis knows what it is. Joe Biden, he's completely missing in action from leadership. And you know who else is missing in action? Donald Trump is missing in action. He should be on this stage tonight. He should be here explaining his comments to try to say that pro-life protections are somehow a terrible thing. I want him to look into the eyes and tell people who've been fighting this fight for a long time. 
When did Donald Trump even so much as insinuate that pro-life protections were a terrible thing? DeSantis, you're a freaking liar. You make me sick. I used to have respect for this clown. He is nothing more than a political hack who has implemented every possible policy that Donald Trump ever came up with and then taken credit for it. It's incredible how DeSantis copied everything Trump did at the federal level, implemented it in Florida, and claims he's a genius. You're Trump light. That's all you are. You're Trump light. But you're also a liar. And you're an ungrateful liar. You wouldn't even be in the governor's mansion were it not for Trump. But that's how ungrateful you are that you lie about Donald Trump's position on things. I wouldn't vote for Ron DeSantis if he were the only person running. He will never get my vote. After Trump wins again in four years, somebody else will take the reins after that. But it's not going to be DeSantis because whoever Trump picks as his running mate and wins the presidency again, that vice president will be the leader on the Republican side. And it will not be DeSantis, I can promise you that. And it shouldn't be. And even if it were, I will never cast a vote for Ron DeSantis. He is a traditional, lying, political hack. Now, I would vote for Doug Burgum. He has no chance, sadly, and this is what politics are about today. The media creates the candidates. The candidates don't create themselves. Donald Trump was created out of nowhere because the media couldn't get enough of him. The same with DeSantis. Oh, he's so successful in Florida. Of course, they never bother to check that that's all Trump's policies. But Doug Burgum up in little old North Dakota is a very successful businessman, wealthy beyond his wildest dreams, and he's implemented those business policies in North Dakota. And the result is North Dakota and South Dakota under um, Governor Noam, Christy Noam, are tremendously successful economically. Isn't that funny how Republican governors are running states that are monumentally successful economically, even in this rotten economy. Doug Burgum was none too happy about the format because they very rarely have ever called on him in his areas of expertise. Instead, they called on clowns who know nothing about it. The whole format tonight uh, that was set up, it's like you've got a one person on stage, myself, who's got created more jobs than the other six people on stage, I've been making payroll since my mid-20s, longer than anybody else on the stage. So more private sector, that experience in the tech sector. And where we talk, and then I'm leading an energy state that produces more energy than OPEC. We talk about energy, I don't get an energy question. We talk about the economy, I don't get an economy question. And we, we talk about the border, and I'm the only one as a sitting governor that's actually got troops down there right now. I've been there more times than Biden, and I don't get asked that question. And then when I was a kid yeah. in 1989, and I was in China... On the way back from setting up our operations in Australia, I go into a street market in China, and there our software is being pirated. A buck a disc, five and a quarter, five and a quarter inch floppy. When we were selling our software for five thousand dollars, yeah. And we talk about China and and technology, and they're asking somebody else about TikTok as opposed to talking about the guy who's actually been battling China for three decades over IP. So we just want the American public to know that there's a choice up there. You don't have to pick a career politician. You can pick somebody who's done it in the private sector and who's then done it at the state level where we're actually getting the job done. Because we talk, you want to talk safe cities? Come to North, move to North Dakota. Right. You want to talk about great education? We got the highest SAT scores. Come to North Dakota. Carpe diem to Doug Burgum. That's a guy making a case for himself. Look at all of the success that is there on his resume. And yet because these debates are as rigged as the elections themselves, he doesn't get airtime. Eight minutes he got last night. That was last. He got the least amount of airtime. Eight minutes. In fact, he asked to be called on, and Dana Perino basically told him to shut up. But she's a bush hack, so why would we expect more than that from her? Fox embarrassed themselves. The Republicans embarrassed themselves. They need to stop these debates now. Now. Before they ruin it for any Republicans running for other offices. And they need to have a debate between Burgum, who's the outsider, the businessman, and DeSantis, who is second to Trump. 
just have those two up there. Maybe Ramaswamy, since he's overtaking DeSantis in some polls. Those three. The rest of them can get lost. Just get off the board, would you please? You're like Asa Hutchinson. Thank God he's off. You mean nothing. Nikki Haley doesn't have a, a, a snowball's chance in hell. Neither does Tim Scott. Neither does Christie. Neither do any of the rest of them. Pence, you don't have a shot. People can't stand Pence. It's not just me. Here's the lame joke Pence told. First it was Christie talking about Biden sleeping with the enemy, and then Pence thought he was going to be funny. When you have the President of the United States sleeping with a member of the teachers' union, there is no chance that you could take the stranglehold away from the teachers' union every day. By way of full disclosure, Chris, you mentioned the president's situation. I'm, my wife uh, isn't a member of the teachers' union, but i got to admit, I'm, I've been sleeping with a teacher for 38 years. And um, so full disclosure. Wow, that's hilarious. I was doubled over with laughter. Don't you ever wonder about the people that laughed? Are you that are you that much of a sycophant? Because it wasn't funny. There was nothing funny about it. But it was not the worst joke of the night. Not by a long shot. Leave that to the Pillsbury Doughboy, Chris Christie. I want to look at that camera right now and tell you, Donald, I know you're watching. You can't help yourself. I know you're watching. Okay? And you're not here tonight. Not because of polls and not because of your indictments. You're not here tonight because you're afraid of being on the stage and defending your record. You're ducking these things. And let me tell you what's going to happen. You keep doing that, no one up here is going to call you Donald Trump anymore. We're going to call you Donald Duck. Whoa, that's a funny one. He really thinks he's tough, doesn't he? I mean, do you get that? Hey, Donald Trump, I'm looking right into the camera right now. I know you're watching. You can't help yourself. Well, a lot of people do enjoy watching a train wreck. Have you ever been in traffic when there's an accident on the highway? It slows down to a crawl because everybody can't help but look. All the rubberneckers are watching. But Christie acts as though Donald Trump's some kind of a loser because he's watching these losers. Now, there is something that I might ask President Trump about. Why will you watch these losers? I guess he's got to be prepared in case he ever comes up against them in any way, shape, or form. But we're going to be calling you Donald Duck. Do you think anybody else on that podium last night said, oh, yeah, I'm going to call him Donald Duck, too. That's a great idea, Piglet. Let's call him Donald Duck. That ought to get him. God, what a juvenile. What a child Christie is. He is the ultimate in the little boy who didn't get picked, so he took his bat and ball and went home. He didn't get a job with Donald Trump's administration, even though he begged for it, begged for the job. And when he didn't get it, ever since then, he's been a Trump hater and a never-Trumper. And that pathetic, lame attempt at a joke, somebody laugh at that, really? I happen to be watching when he did it. I remember saying to myself, I've got to rewind the TV. He couldn't have possibly have said that. We're going to call you Donald Duck. Why don't you just call him a meanie spaghetti? Maybe that'll bother him. Hey, Donald Duck. (laughs) This is just unbelievable. I can't believe these are adults running for president or supposedly running for president. They're not really. There's only one guy that's going to win that nomination. Save yourself some time, folks. Fox needs to save themselves some money. I can't believe anybody watched that. I'd love to see what those ratings are. We're going to call you Donald Duck. (laughs) It's really almost too good. So leave it to Jimmy Fallon to articulate his response to both Pence sleeping with his teacher wife and... Chris Christie calling Donald Trump Donald Duck. Christie's take on Biden sleeping with a member of the teachers union, I think, confused people. Because, like, did he just out like a Randy Weingarten sex scandal? Because you're not immediately thinking, Jill. And then your secondary thought is, 
Does he actually just mean sleeping? Like he's there at a live event at the White House and he fell asleep. You don't know. Mm -hmm. But Pence comes in with his teacher joke, which, oh, listen, God love him for trying. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that he goes home with the headline for worst joke because Christie had this perfect moment. Donald, and then he called Trump Donald Duck. Yeah. <laughs> and it's true. When Christie said that about Biden sleeping with the, the, the teachers union, I thought he was talking about Weingarten, too, at first. It took me a while to figure out he meant Dr. Jill. But it sounded like he meant Weingarten. He was, he was outing some sex scandal for all the world. Most of the people probably watching have never put two and two together. It just happened to occur to me that he was talking about Dr. Jill. So that was lame. So after all of that, Kellyanne Conway, who was the winner in the debate again last night? I think Donald Trump is a little bit of a winner tonight because when his name was invoked, they kept saying he should be here to defend his record. He should be here to debate. He should be here to face the people. Why would you want him there when he's going to eat into your time and I think eat into some of their some of their sound bites? Um, I thought it was a little flat today. I thought everybody had a good moment. But moment, John, will not overtake a front-runner meeting by 40 points. Moments won't tell the American people what you would do differently. No, the moments won't do that. And none of them said that. What are you going to do differently than Donald Trump? And if they are going to do something differently, then it's going to be a failure of a policy. Because Donald Trump's policies worked. We know that. So the best you can do is do what DeSantis did in Florida. You can implement Donald Trump's policies, but how are you going to distinguish yourself from him if you actually have to run against him? It's one thing to implement the policies in a state where he doesn't run for office and you become a hero. It's another thing to do it on the grand national stage where Donald Trump is and where he's already done it. So all you're offering, as I said earlier, is Trump light. You're not as tough as Trump. You won't take on the people that Trump took on. Not many people in the world are as tough as Trump. Kevin McCarthy yesterday said that They've unearthed another little piece of information regarding Hunter Biden and Joe Pod Biden and the Chinese and how Daddy-O brought Hunter on a Chinese trip specifically to introduce him to a guy named Joseph Lee. Now, who is he? He's the guy that ended up sending the $250,000 check to where? Joe Biden's address. Um, another thing with the Republicans taking the majority of something we just learned today that we would not know. President Biden had lied to Americans again. What we have just found on a trip in 2013, while he was vice president, taking the vice president plane to China, his son Hunter Biden went with him. His son made sure he set up to be able to shake hands quickly with Jonathan Lee, a Chinese individual. We now have found today that when President Biden was running for the presidency when he told the American people that my family has never received money from China. He was lying. Jonathan Lee, I said Joseph Lee. But that's the guy who sent the checks to the Bidens, one for 10000 one for 250000 And it was Joe Biden who introduced Hunter Biden to him. But remember, Joe Biden said he's never even spoken to his son about his businesses, much less taken part in them. The lies come out so often with this guy. And he, and he thinks somehow, I guess, that he's in a delusional state of mind that he's actually getting away with it. He's not. He's incapable of getting away with anything because he's so stupid. But it's the corruption and the lying. Wow. It's incredible, isn't it? It, it truly is. Melissa Lansman is a member of Parliament in Canada. She rose to speak yesterday about the idiocy of honoring a Nazi SS soldier the day before in Parliament, and while the Speaker of the Parliament up there in Canada resigned for having done so and not having vetted the person, the Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, has done nothing but scold everybody involved except himself. 
So Melissa Landsman had some things and some words of advice, things to say to Justin Trudeau. The Speaker of the House took the fall and the Prime Minister continues to blame everyone else. A full-blown international embarrassment for our country, for our allies, and for everything this nation did to defeat the Nazis. An actual Nazi invited to the House of Commons, welcomed and celebrated as a hero and a government that vetted everyone here. The PM has called Canadian citizens Nazis. Will he muster the courage and stand up on his feet today and take responsibility? But he won't. We know that won't happen. He never will. And in this country, Biden will never take responsibility. But both will lie. And Ted Cruz has had it with the liars about the border. And so he simply told it like it is about LBLL, the little black lesbian liar, Karine Jean-Pierre. I love this takedown. Karine Jean-Pierre stands at the White House podium and says, people are not just walking across the border. It's not happening. There's a technical legal term for what that is. That's called bullshit. It is an utter and complete lie. It is a deliberate lie. It is a known lie. And she is lying on behalf of the President of the United States in the White House. Now, why does she lie? She lies because she counts on the press not to call her out. Was there a PolitiFact, a pants on fire done on that? No. I've invited the White House press secretary, come with me to the southern border any day and pick any hour of the day. We'll go out in one hour and I guarantee you we will encounter group after group after group. You want to know how bad it is we're now seeing... Democrat mayors, Democrat governors, mayors like Eric Adams, the Democrat in New York, who says illegal immigration is destroying New York City. That's with 110,000 illegal immigrants in New York City. If 110,000 is destroying New York City, what in the hell do you think 7.6 million is doing to the state of Texas and the other states along our southern border? Think about that for a moment. It's pretty incredible, is it not? Yeah, it is. 110,000 in New York and they're freaking out. But 7.7 million in Texas. Then we've got the stupid bartender, Sandy Cortez, actually comparing, if you can even begin to wrap your head around this, what's going on at the southern border to legal refugees coming through Ellis Island on a regular basis. Numbers of when it comes to people coming to New York City today are nothing. I'm telling you nothing compared to the daily amounts of people that we saw coming in from through Ellis Island in the first half of this century. You're seeing, you know, more than 12 million immigrants that passed through Ellis Island between 1892 and 1954. And we had seen just huge numbers of people coming in per day that had, that far eclipsed, um, far eclipsed what we're seeing right now. She's hilarious. You can't be dumber than that, can you? Is it possible to be that stupid? Yes, because we just heard her be that stupid. Far eclipse, she said. Far eclipse. I got to tell you, most of those people last night on that stage needed a monster energy drink. They needed that punch of energy. They needed to be focused more. They needed to stop the bickering. You get your monster energy drink, you're at the top of your game. You're ready to take on anything. You're ready to go out there and play your best golf. You're ready to go out there and run the mile in under three minutes. What? That would be a record, Kevin. Well, I'm not saying it's been done. But it could be. And I'm one that drinks the uh, sugar-free Monster Energy drink. Ten calories. Yeah. People were asking all about it yesterday when we were at Friendly's uh, Bar and Grill down in South County. Asking me all about Monster Energy drink. Where they can get it. You can get it anywhere, folks. Go to any grocery store, any 7-Eleven. Well, that 7-Elevens don't exist anymore. But any of those other uh, gas station markets, you can get it everywhere. Every grocery store in the world. You can probably get it at the drugstores, Walgreens or CVS, I would imagine. 
So Monster Energy Drink is everywhere, gives you that energy you need, brings the, your favorite bands to your hometown, throws a party around the event, makes everything they touch fun. Sporting events, anything Monster Energy Drink gets involved in because they know it's not just a drink in a can. It's a lifestyle in a can. And their lifestyle revolves around energy and entertainment and fun. And that's what Monster Energy Drink is all about. But you need that energy. Who doesn't? I mean, you wake up today, it's Thursday, it's almost the weekend, but it's not quite. You need a little push to get you over the hump. Maybe you needed it Wednesday, yesterday on hump day. Grab that can of Monster Energy Drink. It'll do it for you. I promise you that. And you'll be happy you did. All right, our phone lines are open, 636-348-4460. 636-348-4460. Your thoughts on what they call the debates last night. See, I don't even call them that anymore. Because that's not a legitimate debate. Debate should be between two people where you have someone asking questions that only those people can answer. That's it. Nothing else. Nothing more, nothing less. ABC News, by the way, is reporting, and this comes from our director of research, that the federal probe into Biden's handling of classified documents prior to becoming president has grown into a sprawling investigation. Several sources estimate that as many as 100 witnesses have been interviewed. And some of these interviews conducted as recently as last week. But why has it been so quiet? I mean, the Trump investigation wasn't quiet. And it resulted in an indictment lickety split. How come Biden's hasn't? I'm telling you, the liberals are going to get rid of him. They're not going to run him. I've been saying that all along. We're going to have to deal with Mikey Obama. They're going to get rid of Biden. Now, it may not be through an indictment over documents, but it will be something. It will be something along the lines of he's not mentally equipped to run again or physically he just can't do it, whatever they come up with. But they've got to figure a way around their biggest problem, which was the insurance problem for Biden never getting impeached, and that's Harris. So what are you going to do with Heels Up Harris? It's one thing to rid yourself of Biden. But if you rid yourself of Harris, you're going to alienate any black Democrat voters because they consider her black even though she's not. It's interesting to me that they haven't even probably addressed in their own minds what they're going to do with her. But they can't run her. They know that. And can they dump her? I don't think they can. Now, you might be able to dump her in favor of Mikey Obama because then it's in the eyes of Democrats, it's one black for another. But that would be it. You can't dump her for anybody else. Gavin Newsom has no chance. See him on, uh, I tell you what, I'm so sick of that Hannity dude. I can't stomach that guy. But he has Gavin Newsom on after this so-called debate last night, so that he, of course, can trash Republicans. What kind of stupidity is that? Gavin Newsom's an idiot, but Hannity wants people to think that he, Hannity, is so important, I'm going to moderate a debate between you and Ron DeSantis. He, Hannity thinks he's so important, and that these, these people like Newsom like him. Newsom comes on your show because he recognizes a dope when he sees one. You're easy fodder for him. You'll never press him on real questions. Never. I don't know how that guy ever got a job. Did Roger Did Roger Ailes hire Hannity? He must have. Hey, Trump had a blind spot for hiring. Maybe Roger Ailes did too. He certainly did when it comes to Hannity. I don't know how anybody can watch that guy, much less enjoy his show. You must love egomaniacal people if you do. By the way, incompetent egomaniacal people. I want you to time, just for fun's sake, watch Hannity tonight and just watch the first 10 minutes when he first has a guest on. And time how long it takes him to actually spit out a question. You'll get a good laugh at it. And it won't be a question, by the way. It'll be a statement. It's just the way he is. 
All right, folks, we're going to wrap our show up early today because there just wasn't much news yesterday thanks to this so-called debate. Every news show on earth was previewing it, and then they post-gamed it. It was just took forever. So we'll be back fighting the good fight again tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock right here on KevinSlaytonShow.com in the Monster Energy Drink, STL-Cars.com, Window World Kings Court. But don't forget at noon today, it's sports time, and we'll have the Monster Energy Drink, STL-Cars.com sports show, the Kings Court sports show at noon on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everybody.